The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? We are so thrilled today that we are going to have a wonderful interview with Ann Kavukian, who happens to be an amazing woman, and I just admire her so much. I was so thrilled to get to actually meet her on several occasions, and she even made me a privacy ambassador (laughs) to Ontario, Canada, which was such an exciting thing. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Kavukian. Anne is a wreck, is actually recognized all over the world as one of the leading privacy experts. She served an unprecedented three terms as the Information and Privacy Commissioner of Ontario, Canada. And there she created, with her brilliance, (laughs) the Privacy by Design, which is a framework that seeks to proactively embed privacy into the design and specifications of information technologies. And this, by doing that, it is really helping us all to have more privacy. So let me just, there's so much more about her, but I just want to say that now, after working in that capacity for Ontario, Canada, she now is the executive director of the Global Privacy and Security by Design Center in Canada. She is the author of two books and myriad articles that that I've read, so many of them, and have been so in awe of her. Uh, She's the author of two books. One is called The Privacy Payoff, How Successful Businesses Build Customer Trust, and she wrote that with Tyler Hamilton. And the other book is Who Knows? Safeguarding Your Privacy in a Network World, and that's with Don Capscott. So she is um, has a PhD, she's brilliant, and she's doing <laughs> such great work in the world, and I am so thrilled to get to see you again on Zoom. I miss seeing you. We were both very involved in the International Association of Privacy Professionals, and I just haven't been for a while, so I'm so Thank excited you. to see you. You're beautiful inside. Um, so. Thank you so much, Marie. You're far too kind. Oh, I am not. I'm just telling the truth. So, (laughs) first of all, tell us a little bit about what you do in your new position. So, the whole point of this new center that I've created, I want people to understand that you have to embrace privacy and security by design. You can't view it as a zero-sum game, privacy versus security, 
or privacy versus data utility, it can't be a win-lose. You have to make it a win-win with doubly enabling positive gains. That's why I've done this global privacy and security by design center to promote the idea that you can do both. It can't be one versus the other. It's always privacy that loses whenever it's one versus the other. And in my world, that doesn't work. But it's much better if you have multiple positive gains. It's better for business. It's better for individuals. Right. It's a value added for businesses. So for the yes. audience that is not familiar with privacy that much and they think, well, you know, it's dead anyway. Why is privacy so important? Let me make it very clear. Privacy is not dead. It is, in fact, is getting a second life. Uh, privacy forms the foundation of our freedom. You cannot have free and open societies, free and democratic societies, without a solid foundation. And privacy relates to personal control. It's not about secrecy. It's about an individual being able to control the uses of his or her personal information. You know, I always tell people, privacy is not a religion. You want to give away your information? Be my guest. You make that decision to do so. When you have privacy embedded into operations, it leads to sky thinking. People don't have to worry about looking over their shoulder, who's looking at what. You don't have to worry about surveillance. You can imagine wonderful, new, innovative ideas. Privacy breeds innovation and prosperity. Creativity thrives when you have a world where people have private spaces. So it's a multiple win for both business, individuals, society. And, you know, it seems to me that if we don't have privacy, we really lose our freedom and liberty, right? Absolutely. And, and I know Canada this. and the United States share that, that value of, of freedom and liberty. We're not living in China or Korea, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you look at China now with the social credit scores, there's no freedom whatsoever. It's total surveillance. It's To me, it's a nightmare. No one in Canada or the United States would want to live in that kind of scenario. No, no. It's, it's, and I, I should say how, for people who are listening, that Anne's creativity has really spread throughout the world. And in the United States, the Federal Trade Commission took on that privacy by design. And so, you know, for people to understand, and I always love your analogy about if you build, well, I think this came from you, but, I, I'm, but I've used it many times that if you build a house without air conditioning, and yes. then you try to build it in later, it's a mess, right? It doesn't look right. right, you have all sorts of problems. But when you're building the house, if you build into the architecture of the house, all of the vents, all of the things, then it works beautifully and it's so much easier. So I think exactly. if you don't understand it, it makes more sense, right? Totally. If it's seamlessly integrated into your operations, then privacy becomes an essential component of what you're doing. You don't have to worry about it afterwards as an afterthought. It works so much better. Just as you gave that example with the air conditioning in the house, if it's embedded proactively as an essential component of the house building. Privacy is the same way. If you embed it into the design of your operations, bake it into your data architecture, into your code, it will be present seamlessly. You don't have to worry about it. Right. And then also by doing that, you're saving yourself of possibly all sorts of problems with the privacy yes. or the Federal Trade Commission or what or a lawsuit, right? Because a absolutely. You've already you thought about it. You've already taken that just like you think about 
other aspects of it. You, you've built it in. And I think exactly. It's a model of prevention. Do you prevent the harms from arising? So you don't have to deal with the cost of the repercussions when the data breaches happen, you can avoid them. Exactly, exactly. So you know, I, I think people would be interested to know what it was like to be a privacy commissioner and how is that different from being, you know, involved in the Federal Trade Commission because you had a lot more power in different ways. Yes, I was very fortunate. Uh, being the Privacy Commissioner of Ontario, Canada, I had what was called making power, which meant that if I found that an organization was in breach of the privacy law, I could order them to take corrective action. I was very fortunate because if I didn't have order making power, I couldn't make people do things. However, let me be clear, because I had the power, I rarely used it because the organizations I dealt with, the government departments, they knew I had it. So they were motivated to work with me and we reached informal resolutions the, the majority of the time. So it's like the stick is there, but I'd much rather use the carrot. Exactly. So and you're the type of person that is so engaging and warm and friendly and you're such a great mediator. And I know mediators because I train them and I am one. That yes. You can mediate between the parties, you know, between whoever is hurt by whatever they're doing and the company and create a resolution, which, you know, I really think is the best way, you know, always the best. Agreed. Rather than totally hammer or the stick. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I'd much rather work cooperatively with the organization and mediate an informal resolution that we're both agreeable to. Much better resolution. And then they're committed to it too, right? Yes, exactly. They buy into it. And then once they know that they got a deal, they start to recognize really the benefits of privacy. It's a value added to their company. And exactly. it makes them look good. And they can use that as a marketing tool. And, you know, I, I do that even in my own office. You know, I tell <laughs> you know, how many, most attorneys are, they don't even encrypt stuff. It would make you go nuts, Anne, if you saw what I see. Oh, I believe it. You know, not encrypting a tax return, not encrypting uh, 1099s, things like that. It just, oh. So everything I do with my clients, I teach them encryption. They have an encryption. Oh, uh, wonderful. Each case. So, you know, I tell them, okay, you can go to any meteor you want, but I'm going to get your financial information. I'm going to safeguard it. This is what I do. This is a value added. Go to anyone you want, but you're not going to get this because most of them don't even know how to do it. So, yeah, I think it is a value added. And I think that those businesses driving by listening to us today or if anybody's, you know, watching us on Zoom, think about it. This is going to be make you unique, at least at this point, And it's also yes. going to protect you, right? Absolutely. I always say to companies, you will gain a competitive advantage by embedding privacy by design proactively into your operations. Right. And you will save a boatload of money because when the data breaches, they're resulting in not just lawsuits, but class action lawsuits. They cost millions upon millions. You can avoid right. that. And what about the, you know, uh, Larry Poneman has talked about the cost yes. of embarrassment, right? And Absolutely. And thinking that you don't care about them as consumers. So exactly. costs beyond just the cost you pay to the press commissioners or the federal trade commission yes. lawsuits the cost of really having that you know that dark spot on yes you. the cost to your brand the cost to your reputation may be irreparable it is so harmful 
So get smart, lead with this, and avoid all the harms. Yes, yes. And they can find privacy by design all over the place. You know, a lot of it is written by you, but even, you know, the Federal Trade Commission has really yes. tagged on to what you've done. I don't know how many Absolutely. they give you credit, but you are the mother of privacy by design. <laughs> That's right. I don't have any other children, so I have privacy by design as my child. Yes, but you have children all over grace. the world with your privacy you know, by design. The FTC embraced it many years ago. Now yeah. it's included in the new law that was just came into effect last year in the European Union, the General Data Protection Regulation. It actually includes my privacy by design and privacy as the default. So there's so much interest in this worldwide and people are coming to me now to get certified for privacy by design. Yes. And you know, the, the new California Consumer Privacy Yes. Yes. Also picked up on on the GDPR. Yes. And so yeah, I mean, you got you're going to be a saint by the time you leave this planet. <laughs> I thank you for that. We'll see. <laughs> but it it won't be for a really long time. So you'll, you know, I should tell my audience too. I didn't even read all the awards that you have, but if you go to www.privacypiracy.org, you'll see Anne's very long bio and Sorry. see all of the accolades and all of the awards and she's just so modest and so cute that um you just won't see it but she is a, a dynamo absolute dynamo thank so you, you you were talking before and about surveillance and yes. you have to worry about being in a surveillance society yes. so um you know how can we curb that you know i was just in London a couple months ago. My daughter oh. was living there. And so, of course, I had to go to Scotland and London. And everywhere I looked, there were cameras looking at everywhere. London. You know, the good news is that people and government departments are now finally objecting to facial recognition. Um, for example, uh, in, in um, California, uh, Oakland, and this other place in Massachusetts, and San Francisco, they have ruled against facial recognition. They, they said, basically, we will not allow government departments to use facial recognition for cameras mm. because it is so invasive of privacy. So it's beginning, the word is beginning to get out. And you say, even with jurisdictions that have facial, uh, have cameras and, and capture facial images, I always tell them, at least encrypt the video feed. Yes. Your cameras are collecting information. If you encrypt the video feed, then not anyone can have access to it or do snooping. Like in, in the UK, in yeah. London, etc., um, it was documented years ago that the people manning the cameras were following beautiful women around. I'm not kidding. They were doing that. They Talk were, about I mean, a privacy invasion and stalking. It's so stupid. They're stalking these beautiful women instead of using it for the purposes intended. But if the video feed is encrypted, they can't do that. And if there's a legitimate law enforcement need, the police have probable cause, you can get a warrant and you can decrypt it. Right. Everything is doable, but we have to protect the data. Yes. And you know what I worry about too? I worry about if it's not encrypted, somehow them capturing it, copying it, and putting you in a place yes. that you shouldn't be, or stealing your identity and saying, this is me, you know? And so, you know, the criminals are so brilliant. Unfortunately, they're not using it, their, their creativity for the best. But, you know, yes. as, as much as I've dealt with identity theft victims, I can tell oh, you that just scares terrible. me. If it's not encrypted, then they're going to be able to 
use it in another way. And of course, like what you were talking about, use it to stalk people or go after people. It, it could be a, a real It's thing. terrible. And like you said, uh, when I was commissioner, so many victims of identity theft came to me for right. help. And it's heartbreaking. It can ruin your life until you clear your name. That can take years. So I tell people to be so careful of their facial image. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like so many things that I guess I should ask you now. I mean, there's so much beyond my control and your control personally that, you know, my information is everywhere. You know, I mean, what am I going to do? Go live underground and, and not use my credit card? And I, you know, I mean, I get cash back and I get miles and, you know, yeah. there's all these benefits. Of, YouTube, of course. But there's Marie, what? tracking. How do we... How do we protect ourselves? One of the things that is happening now, and you'll see it in the next few years especially, there's a movement away from centralized sort of honeypots of information that the Googles and Facebooks have. When you have centralized data collection by a company, they have total control over your information. They can share it with third parties without your consent. They can do anything with it. Last year, Tim Berners-Lee, who created the World Wide Web, he came out and he said he was devastated with what he had created, which was a centralized honeypot of surveillance. He right. was terrified at that. And he said, I'm moving, I'm changing the model to a decentralized model. I think he's calling it solid. But the point is more and more groups are now going to decentralized pockets of information so that your personal information could reside in a secure enclave in the cloud under your personal control. You decide who you want to share it with, who you want to disclose it to. This is going to be increasing, so stay tuned for that. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I don't know if that's going to come across really well with the companies in the United States, but... <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> yeah, because our federal... Well, first of all, um, under this administration, they really would like to get rid of the, uh, the Consumer Protection Agency, which was there to really help consumers. So yes. that is losing a lot of the power that it was getting. Yes. The Federal Trade Commission obviously is, you know, again, appointed by this administration that is not consumer friendly as much as previous administrations. And so, you know, I, I, I hate to say I don't have hope, but I always you can't have, give up hope. I have to have hope, but I've been disappointed with, uh, with that to a great extent. You know, I, I uh, Marie, you know that I tweet every morning. I, I tweet the latest stories of the day. And invariably, at least one person tweets back and they say, you know, lady, give it up. A privacy is dead. That ship has sailed. And I say, you give it up. Get another ship. We can always, you never give up. Yes. So imagine. Creative, if, right? Yes. I mean, imagine if at the height of the Third Reich, um, the, the Stasi Germany, that they just gave up. You don't, you don't do that. You work like hell to restore freedom and we can do yes. that. Absolutely. So, yeah, if people say privacy is dead, I don't think so. What do you no. think about with the generations? Like, I have a son who's, um, you know, I'm a baby boomer, but yes. I, there's all these, but my daughter's a millennial, and what's the one after that? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Gen Z. There's yeah. Gen, no, Z and... Gen X. Gen X. Gen X. X. Then Gen Z. Yeah. yeah. And I'm noticing that they are getting more creative and more careful yes. about privacy. Yes. So I think it's like the, the baby boomers who are afraid like me, you know, but we're using Facebook and we're using Instagram. And then you've got the millennials who are starting to worry 
And so what do you think about that? Because I think, you know, it's just amazing to me what's going yeah, on. I, I totally agree with you. And in fact, Gen X and Gen Z, they are even stronger in their pursuit of privacy. It's such a myth that young people don't care about privacy. They care deeply about privacy. It may look different from what you and I would consider important because they don't have economic interests yet. They're just starting out. But boy, do they know how to protect their information, guard it from their parents, for example. I mean, it's important. But it's important to them. Then they're born digital. They know how to protect their data. They know how to encrypt. So I have great faith in the younger generations and the protection of their data. Yeah. I just worry about them, you know, with the sexting and the bullying. Yes. You know, I mean, we've got the good and the bad, right? And I, yes. I think that's that's kind of scary because uh, it's just such it, the information overload is just amazing. Like you and I had some fun with with Zoom, right? Yes. Yes. How do you work? <laughs> Sometimes it's the blind leading the blind, or whatever. yes. But um, yeah, I, it's so much to keep up with. And it's so Absolutely. much try to protect your privacy, your security, your financial assets. It's, uh, you know, I mean, multi-factor. I have to use multi-factor. I use yes. XPass, you know, because I can't stay tuned. passwords. And God forbid but something happens with LastPass. Wonderful, wonderful new tools. Wonderful new tools are coming. I'm working with an organization. Uh, they're creating something called My Identity Bank. It's all about how you will be in control of your identity completely. It will reside in a secure enclave in the cloud, totally under your control. And identity will be very strongly protected. And you'll be able to use it very easily to find out, you know, almost as a memory aid. What was I doing last week? I want to know who I met with on such and such a date. Oh, what about doctor's appointments? I need to ish, uh, schedule another appointment. When was my last appointment? It's going to be a wonderful personal digital assistant. So stay yeah. tuned. Well, I use my outlook for that, but I, I do like the idea of having a secure place for all my stuff, you know. So, yes. did, you know, I get sick. My son or my husband can go yes. here or my daughter, and, and they can get access to everything. Because right now, I'm just all over the place, right? Of course. That, that always worries. I'm going to be interviewing a, uh, an estate planning attorney who's going to talk about your digital assets for your uh, inheritance and, and other right. things. That's a, that's a whole new field as well. Yeah. Totally. You brought up Facebook, and I brought it up a minute ago. So let's talk a little bit about what's happened with Facebook, why they were signed, <laughs> what's going on and then of course now they want to do that new kind of uh monetary Libra. yeah thing so tell me your thoughts on that so first of all i was de <laughs> delighted the the ftc the federal trade commission recently last week fined them five billion dollars us that's the largest fine that's ever been levied and almost even more important than that the the backlash against Facebook in terms of the, all the personal information that it's been disclosing without consent, there's a real backlash against that. You know, the California legislation is coming out, the GDPR. So all of a sudden, Mark Zuckerberg is saying, oh, we're all for privacy. We're, now we're gonna be sort of giving you much greater control over your information and, you know, believe it or not. But the point is, he's now talking that talk. So that in itself is an indication that the whole issue with Cambridge Analytica and all the other privacy breaches is coming back and they're doing something about it. They have something called uh, private by design now. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of that is due to you, but I mean, especially now that they're getting these large punitive 
um, you know, yes, that they have to pay. I think then they're, oh, now we're going to be privacy, but you know, whatever works, right? Exactly. And you know, there is the, there has never been as great a concern on the public part of the public as there is now for privacy. In the last two years, all of the public opinion polls, Pew Research, Internet, etc., they've come in at the 90 percentile for concern for privacy. 90 percent of those surveyed very concerned for privacy. 92 percent very concerned about loss of control over their personal data. Yes. So everyone is saying, wow, there's such a trust deficit. We have to work with consumers and the public to regain trust and ensure that they can have some control over their information. Yes, perfect. Well, we have about a minute and a half left. I just wanted to know if you want to give any advice to business. Well, right now we have businesses that drive by. We have consumers that are listening on the radio or on you know, iTunes, whatever. Um, do you have a couple pieces of advice to share with us? Sure. For businesses, get, get over the belief that privacy somehow stifles innovation. It does the exact opposite. Privacy breeds creativity, innovation, prosperity. You will gain a competitive advantage. You will keep the customers you will have and you will attract new opportunity. So get smart and embed privacy by design into your operations. Yes. For individuals, one tip I always give people, in terms of your search engine, use DuckDuckGo. It's fabulous. It Say that again. It's duck, the word duck twice, DuckDuckGo, literally. That's what it's called. It is an amazing search engine. They don't do anything to track you. They, you won't get advertisements, no marketing. It's totally private, and it's amazing. Wonderful. Okay, I want you to give your website. Of course. So people can go and just tell us for a minute, like for a half a minute, um, what can we find at your website? So if you go to my website, it's GPS, S is in Sam, GPSbydesigncenter.com. And what you'll find there is ways where privacy and security can work together. Privacy and data utility. Privacy and, never privacy versus. Get rid of the zero-sum mindset of one versus the other, win-lose, either or. That was so yesterday. You want to have multiple positive gains, and that's what I want to give you. Well, you are wonderful. I, I'm sure that everybody who just heard you also feels that way. I had lots more questions that I could ask you, but we're out of time. So obviously, Next time. when you come back. That's okay, it'll be my pleasure. Thank you so and much. And also, Mary. so you know, uh, say your website once more uh, gpsbydesigncenter.com. Okay, and center is spelled C E N T C E N T R E because I'm Canadian. So yeah, that's <laughs> what I wanted to make sure that we said. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you so much, Mari. We spell it wrong, or you spell it wrong. Somebody spells it wrong. <laughs> All right. Many thanks. You can also find her picture, her bio, and we link to her website at privacypiracy.org. So thank you so much for joining us, and we will have you back again soon. It was my pleasure, as always. Thank you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.